Hello everybody, Ben Rogers here, the Raptors Digest. Riker, the betting odds are out, and there's a lot of people in Raptors land saying the Raptors have been disrespected once again. Riker, this season we weren't pegged to be out of the playoffs. I guess that wasn't really the betting odds of the past, but a lot of pundits and analysts had us, the eighth seed, not making the playoffs famously that last season, last summer. But the Raptors still right now put fifth in the Eastern Conference predicted for next year. What are your just let's break down the odds and what are your just initial thoughts on these these putting the Raptors fifth in the Eastern Conference, Riker? Ben, the amount of disrespect is, it's real. It's its massive because, and I wish, and I wish because it's hard to substantiate this claim to anybody that's not a Raptors fan, but had they had a slightly better version of Pascal Siakam, the Raptors would have taken game seven or not even had to get pushed to seven. And we know even with Siakam as is, probably would have overcome the Miami Heat. So this is a team that their roster is going to look basically as is, you know, and then to put them den- down at, at fifth seed in the East, it's unbelievable, Ben. It's, it is a crazy amount of disrespect, but we'll break it down. Yeah, and I, I guess I'm not sure if this means the Raptors are fifth seed in the East, but have the fifth best odds to, to win the NBA championship next season in, ter- in the Eastern Conference. I believe it is seventh overall or eighth overall. But ahead of the Toronto Raptors in the East is the Milwaukee Bucks, the Boston Celtics, the Brooklyn Nets, and the Miami Heat. And, you know, those are four teams that have been, you know, talked around at the top of the Eastern Conference for a long time. I guess in the entire league, we'll, we'll throw them all out there. The LA Lakers, the LA Clippers, and the Golden State Warriors, obviously with Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and uh, a second overall pick coming back. But are there any teams specifically in there that you're really just sort of caught off guard by because they are definitely solid teams and maybe there's it's arguable but it's just weird to see the Toronto Raptors fifth in the east after we've been top two seeds for such a long time top two second best record better than the Los Angeles Lakers Ben better than the Los Angeles Lakers and the 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 roster is going to be the exact same and the ones that absolutely baffle me is the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat because we both agree the Miami Heat they they had a a golden run you know they had that true underdog story but all things considered their roster, they're not getting much better next season, whereas the rest of the league, it's going to balance out. And they're not going to be that team that comes out of the East. There's no two ways around it, Ben. And the Boston Celtics, same thing can be said. And we'll look at the rosters a little more specifically. I think that there's some some pretty telling stories. I think with the Milwaukee Bucks, you kind of have to put them as the, the most favorite to come out of the East. They have everything to lose coming next season they they need to win or else their franchise is in a very desperate situation i would argue so it makes sense to me that they're going to be put so high and then the brooklyn nets they have some real you know heavy hitters on that team with kevin durant and with steve nash coming in you know i can see why people would think that they could be the new super team in the east but um specifically the heat surprised me and the boston celtics ben yeah and I guess we'll we'll look at the arguments for for those different things. Do do any of the teams in the Western Conference surprise you, Riker? The Lakers, the Clippers, the Warriors. Just before I dive into it. Well, well, the Lakers just won the championship, so give them credit yeah. where credit's due. But I I think to me the crazy thing, and I'm I'm so far off the Lakers bandwagon, it's unbelievable. But besides LeBron James, the rest of the team is just a shell of a team. You know, they don't have good players. They have old, slow, lumbering bigs. They have three point shooters who can't shoot. 
You know, they have Contavious Caldwell Pope, who's like their third best player. Kyle Kuzma's as, getting as washed. As you already. said, Riker, LeBron won the chip despite Danny Green. <laughs> he won the chip despite Danny Green. And I'm thank God he got MVP and not Anthony Davis because Anthony Davis was on a, probably a better team with the Pelicans when he played for them. Put LeBron on the Pelicans with Anthony Davis, and that, they'd probably be better than the current Lakers team as it's assembled. But they don't surprise me. Clippers, I mean, they have so much talent on their team, but we'll see what happens. And Golden State Warriors, it is what it is, Ben. So I think you're going to put those West teams ahead of the East. It's it's going to happen. But, uh, you know, I don't I don't think it'll happen. But it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, see, I look at these betting odds and I'm not surprised. I'm not I'm looking at it and yes, I disagree with the the main crop. Obviously, the Bucks probably have better odds with their regular season, but even their playoff struggles really showed through this this season. I I don't I think if they don't find a way to replace what Brogdon gave them last season, obviously not the most recent one, but the season where we beat them with Kawhi, if they don't get that other score, I think it's tough to even have them over teams like the Heat, the the Nets, but that might be a little bit of a hot take. I'm not super high on the Milwaukee Bucks in the playoffs, but I see why Boston is ahead of us because not everyone's going to look at that series as in-depthly and say, you know, Siakam clearly struggled and people should expect him to be better next season. You and I held that opinion, but I don't even know if every Raptors fan has the expectations we do of Pascal Siakam bouncing back and being that number one option that can really... Maybe not be a Kawhi Leonard, well, definitely not be a Kawhi Leonard-esque player, but but be a guy that doesn't just fall off a cliff in the the bubble slash playoffs the last down the stretch of a season because obviously the stretch was in the NBA bubble. But you know, it, under the assumption Siakam will come back, we still have a strong team. We don't know what's going to happen with a lot of the roster, but assuming we have the squad we have with an improved Siakam, I'd put us over. Boston, Brooklyn, and Miami, but obviously with Miami in their finals run, the Celtics with their, their them beating us in a series, I get that, but the Brooklyn Nets, the Brooklyn Nets are the team that I just look at, and they are ridiculously talented. They have Kyrie Irving, score, all that sort of stuff. KD, one of those guys that's had a, a crazy career, especially putting the ball in the hoop and all that sort of things. They have Karis LeVert, they have, they have all these different players, but you know, KD's coming back from Achilles injury. That's one of the toughest injuries in all of sports to come back from, Riker. Kyrie Irving, I don't know the last time he's really played a full season or, you know, most of a season or played well in the playoffs. It's really since he's been with LeBron. And I don't think Kyrie's, uh, KD, sorry, is going to elevate guys around him like LeBron does. Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, those are phenomenal sort of players to have as role guys. But they're ball-dominant players, and they're not going to get the ball in their hands when they play with guys like Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. So they don't do much for you in terms of defensive presence and playing off the ball and all those sorts of things. So their, their skill sets are a little bit redundant. Like, I look at the odds makers, and I see the big names, and I say, okay, it makes sense why they are there ahead of us, but I, 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 I'm not bought in on the, the Brooklyn Nets. Steve Nash is my guy. I love Steve Nash, and he's their head coach. But I'm just not the the biggest believer in the Nets, Riker. Well, Ben, the story with the Nets is, if you want to buy into this, that they're a team that they don't even know what their own identity is. They made a great sort of regular season push or playoff push for the hollow sort of shell that they left with all the injuries and and still, you know, left impact for what what it was worth. You know, I, I want to give credit to them. And but now you bring in 
a, a brand new coach who has no coaching experience. You bring in a guy, Kyrie Irving, who's never worked well with another big player on the team. I know they got that championship uh, with LeBron in, in Cleveland, but even right after that, he wanted out. You know, he's he's even mouthing off saying that there's not really going to be even... a coach. Sorry. You could even make the argument LeBron won his chip in Cleveland despite Kyrie <laughs> with that personality clash and stuff. Obviously, Kyrie is not nearly as the the choke well choker Danny Green is. I think that gets exaggerated how bad he was in the finals. But yeah, continue. <laughs> but but here's the thing. Here's really the thing, Ben. Kyrie Irving was saying that there's not really going to be a true coach. There's just going to be he'll be the coach one day. Kevin Durant will be the coach. Uh, it'll they'll 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 move the role around as it sees fit. That makes no sense. That, that's not how teams operate in the NBA. Maybe we'll be surprised, but usually you need to find leadership roles, and I don't see that coming from any other guys. And the way I see the Brooklyn Nets constructed, whereas Kevin Durant, he went into a situation with a great coach, you know, great established players, with a team that knows how to work and, and can implement an offense in cohesion. Right now, you know, that, that was the Golden State Warriors. What I see him being more now is a, a collection of individuals who seem like they have talent, similar to when he was on the OKC Thunder with Russell Westbrook being talented, James Harden being talented, Serge Ibaka being talented. I don't think you can go in and one-off, say, they're all of a sudden going to become the best team in the East and have the most chance of succeeding come playoff time for exactly those reasons that they have a good collection of individual players just like you know Houston Rockets do right now or just like the Clippers did this season but that doesn't mean you're a championship team Ben yeah and I agree with all those points and I look at that team they're really similarly constructed to the to the that Boston Celtics team Kyrie Irving was on because obviously Katie's a much better player than Gordon Hayward was but we don't know how well he's going to bounce back from that Achilles injury and there's a lot of guys that just need the ball in their hands to to be effective and that's the biggest reason that Celtics team really struggled because Jason Tatum needed the ball uh, Jalen Brown needed the ball Kyrie needed the ball Gordon Hayward needed the ball and you know, they're all offensive guys. Like, you look at the Toronto Raptors as constructed. And, yes, Kyle Lowry's, you know, he has the ball in his hands a lot. And Pascal Siakam, he has the ball in his hands a lot. But there's players that they can play off. You know, there's an OG Anobi who gets his gets his touches off cutting three three balls and all those sorts of things. And I want to bring up OG's next step in his development, too, as we move further into this podcast. But Serge Ibaka, who can catch it in that mid-post area, make those passes, run plays, you know, hit those long balls and score in the post, right? It's not just all ball-dominant dribblers that attack from the same sort of spots on the floor. The Raptors are really just well-constructed. And that's been the case with the Toronto Raptors for the past five, six seasons. And that's why they've been such a, a consistent, dominant top two, top three team in the Eastern Conference. And I don't know, like the disrespect, like I get where these odds are coming from. I don't think it's necessarily disrespect. If there's a team that I think is pretty disrespect in this list, it's the Denver Nuggets who are actually ranked below the Toronto Raptors in terms of winning a championship considering their age and how deep of a run they made this season. But, you know, I, like I get where it's coming from after this regular year, but in terms of what to expect next season, the, the Toronto Raptors, I don't know a time they haven't made a top two seed, top three seed. And... There's no LeBron James in the Eastern Conference. The Raptors are one game game away. You and I both agree. We did get flamed on this a little bit in the comment section for just completely writing off the Heat, and maybe that will be exaggerated now that they they took two games off the Lakers. But I believe we were one game away from really went, going to the NBA Finals and maybe even taking out the Lakers with how well we played it against them during the regular season. 
that yeah, that, that might be a hot take but i, I, I think it know. is a hot take ben and i I'll, I'll just chime in really briefly here to say what i think will be echoed in the comment section if you know if we don't bring it up and i think people that comment comment way before the 12 minute mark anyways so this is probably going to go on deaf ears <laughs> on the comment section anyways but but ben i think too and you already said it but i think it, it is really true that we believe that siakam had a bad series and that he's going to bounce back right because yeah. really you it's hard to say that a team is going to have success in the playoffs which is proven because you talk about the raptors have played the same way for five six years it's true they didn't change the way they played when Kawhi came Kawhi just elevated that position that you know demar got traded out of basically and being the guy that needs the score when you need a bucket you know when it's late clock situation or when the ball just needs to go through one guy to to finish the play um and and so but i don't think anything else really changed in terms of defensive structure or anything and obviously nick nurse came and shuffled it up a little bit but i look at all these teams that are ahead you have lebron you have Kawhi, you have steph curry you have uh antetokounmpo you have jason tatum who kind of proved that he was a superstar and you have jimmy butler who you can't take away that superstar status now that he took that miami heat team all the way to the finals now i think at the you know it's hard for an odd maker who's not following along with the raptors to now say i i think pascal siakam will take that next step because if i look at the raptors uh, and what they're able to do if siakam does regress into that demar Derozan, um you know type player uh, for two playoff seasons in a row, there's no chance that they have to win the, the NBA Finals or to, you know, to advance at all, really, in the playoffs. So I can understand from that situation as well, Ben, where you really it does hinge completely on if Pascal Siakam is able to take that next step to be a threat in the playoffs. Yeah, that that's key. And one big point I want to bring up, too, and it's a sort of... It, you know, with all the moves, all the different teams, all the stuff that always happens, you don't really look at player progression as a as a means to really improve a team. You'll you'll be eye popping, uh, your eyes will be caught by a team like the Brooklyn Nets, who are adding big names and all those sorts of things. But the Toronto Raptors have really gotten better through player development, and we've talked about Pascal Siakam in this podcast. But guys like Fred Van Vliet. Siakam, those are though they are just entering their primes right now. These are usually the time in their careers where players take a really big jump. So I, I think those two guys have a lot of room to improve. But the guy that I'm really looking at, including you know our really young guys like Terrence Davis, Matt Thomas, those guys, and we'll be talking a lot about them as the offseason goes along. But OG Ananobi, he is especially in the playoffs this year. He took a big leap forward, and I think. With a with a year sort of more improved role, we talked about his improved handle. We talked about his just more him being more aggressive. You could make an argument he was our second best player in the playoffs behind Lowry. A lot of people brought that argument up, and I just expect him to take a massive leap forward next year because obviously he had a phenomenal start to his career as a rookie, being a starter. Really, he almost hit a game winner against LeBron James in the playoffs, that people remember that, but then obviously LeBron came back with that floater cheese, but um, after we oddly full-court pressed him, which was a really weird play call from Dwayne Casey, but nonetheless, uh, his second season, obviously he dealt with a lot of personal off-the-court issues, and then his, uh, I'm not sure if it was his appendix or spleen or something, he wasn't able to play in the playoffs, so his second year was a write-off. This year, he took a nice leap forward, and Riker, it's been the same with all the Raptors players. It's usually the same across the NBA. After your third full season, that's where you really take that leap. And, you know, OG's been co compared to guys like Kawhi in his early, early stages and his nascent stages, and he has similar stats as well. 
you know, this is the time in his career where these players that are wing 3 and D players turn from those, I'm a wing 3 and D role player to, I can be that sort of star guy on the wing. And if it's going to happen with OG, I expect it to happen this year. And obviously being the big OG Stan I am, I, I think people are going to underestimate how much of a jump he will take next season. And the question mark is not been, does he have the skill to do it? Because in flashes, when he was looking to score and create, specifically to create buckets, he showed an array of moves, Ben. He, he, he showed off a little dribble package from time to time that was impressive. He showed that he has a good spin move when he's uh, attacking the paint. I, I mean, he has an arsenal of moves that he can use to finish against defenders, and he's so much bigger than guys on the wing that be guarding him. Even equivalent small forwards, you know, guys like J- Jalen Brown, it seemed like he could just muscle up through them so I don't think that's the question it's does he have the personality to take the next step and to look to score and to look to create because that was the question with Norman Powell he had his good year and then he had a a year where he just seemed all over the place every time he touched the the court and then this season was his resurgence again where he he knew what his role was and he looked to attack and from what we saw this season from OG Ananobi I think you're absolutely right that he's going to be able to take that next step because what I saw from the eye test watching that playoff series specifically against Boston was he was looking at the guys not being able to score and from time to time he took it upon himself to be that guy Ben and there's no reason that that's not all going into his confidence level for next season where he's like okay now I can I can really become the man I I have enough time under my my you know experience on my belt to command the ball to ask for the ball to have plays called for me I think he can definitely be that guy Ben yeah I'm I don't know. I, I've been a big OG guy. I've been expecting him to take the leap for a while now, and or well, thinking he will take the leap at, as he ages, and I think this is just the time it's going to happen. So maybe we're overhyping him. Maybe that's that could be the case. But in terms of the odds making, I think it's a little bit too far to say the Raptors have been disrespected, even though you and I are going to disagree, as we do all the time, with how analysts, people that don't watch the team, you know, are going to view the Toronto Raptors. And you, we've been kind of proven right year after year in terms of the Raptors have been underrated going into seemingly every NBA season. And it's not just us, it's a lot of Raptors fans. But I guess we'll end it off by, is there a way that this could be right, Riker? Because I guess Kyle Lowry is aging and he is such an essential component to this Toronto Raptors team. But we do have Fred VanVleet and Terrence Davis to sort of fill that role if Lowry goes down with an injury maybe or takes a big regression. Uh we might lose a lot of players in free agency. Fred Van Vliet's still a question mark. Sergi Bach is still a question mark. I guess my, my my question to you, Riker, is what what's the the biggest reason the Raptors could sort of fall from that two seed and you know becoming becoming really close to making a deep playoff run to uh, you know uh, fifth fifth best chances of making the the championship as they brought up in here or potentially worse. Well, okay, Ben. Also, I want to say, too, to make my argument full circle is that I said at the beginning, I do think the Raptors are getting disrespected. And it's and I, I, I pointed at the Heat and I pointed at the Celtics. So you, you make an argument for the Celtics, but I don't think the Heat are as proven. You'll give them their, their credit because they made it to the finals. But they made it on the backs of guys like Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, who are second, first-year guys in the NBA. There's no reason Matt Thomas can't be that guy, take that jump, shoot, 90% of his shots from outside the perimeter that <laughs> Terrence Davis can't be that guy. You know, he has the same confidence level as Tyler minutes, Hero. bro. Hmm? Matt Thomas gets minutes, bro. 
Well, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm being serious in that, in that. So I, and I think that the Raptors all around are a stronger team than the heat, but they're strong as assembled. And I think you've already said it. The reason that this could end up being right is if we don't know what's going to happen with Fred, we're, we're pretty confident that they'll sign him now, no matter what, but we're not sure. You know, we don't know who they're going to replace. If Marcus all doesn't come back, it's likely that he's gone. We don't know what's going to happen with Serge Ibaka. Are you going to spend all your money on him and clog up that cap situation? Or, you know, are you going to try to get him on a lower deal? Or is he going to walk for a higher deal? We don't know. So if maybe it comes back a lighter roster, but the Raptors stay confident that they can do it on the young guys and that doesn't happen, that's one way. And number two is, you know, we, we, we beat this to death. If Pascal Siakam comes back second playoffs in a row and underperforms, the Raptors have no chance. Yeah. No, those those are the big things, and the surge case. I think we keep surge as well, unless the we made a video on it. The Hornets come in and Al Horford, that guy. We looked at you know we I we were worried that the Sixers were ranked ahead of the Raptors when they put five teams ahead, but thankfully they're they're deep on that list with their really poor roster situation and stuff. And hopefully no team tries to steal any of our players with those big contracts. But the Sixers don't have enough cap space too. But yeah, you guys are the best to make this far. Check out the Twitter, the Instagram, all that cool stuff. Yeah, do you guys disagree with us? Agree with us? Do you think the Raptors are being disrespected? Let us know in the comments. Riker, any last words? Yeah, I have last words, Ben. Not related to Toronto Raptors, but Mr. You know, people bag on Danny Green for not hitting threes, but Tobias Harris is actually like the ball goes through this guy and he can't he can't hit a shot from anywhere on the court. He's getting paid forty million dollars in twenty twenty three season. This guy's guaranteed hundred and eighty million dollars. <laughs> Talk about getting the money and just running with it, whether you deserve it or not, Ben. Hey, yo, Doc Rivers got that man paid. He was a beast for the Clippers. Maybe he'll uh, he'll awaken something else for him and the Sixers, bro. I'm signing off saying, listen, NBA, Ben Rogers, he can shoot the three and he can pass it if you want to put... Yeah, he doesn't need 180. He'd be fine with 177, 176. So, you know, agents, I'll give you his number. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs>